This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. In this podcast, I examine logical fallacies, cognitive biases, stoic teachings from masters past and present, and tips on being better at life. I hope it will be as instructive to you as it is to me in the pursuit of thinking and doing well. Be sure to check out and subscribe to my flagship podcast, Everything Voluntary, where I seek to promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. Hello and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, we're going to cover some life pro tips. All right, let's just get right into it. Okay, here's the first one. It's by user being a human. Be in, be in a human. (laughs) Okay. They write, if you struggle with keeping a tidy home, never leave a room empty handed. Always find something that doesn't belong in that room and take it with you to put it where it belongs. Ooh, I love that. They go on, I personally hate an untidy home. However, in the hustle and bustle of life, sometimes things get a little messy. To help prevent the mess in the first place, put things away in your home as you walk around doing normal things. For me, the most common thing I always have lying around is cups of water. They're everywhere. Now, each time I leave my bedroom, living room, etc., I grab that cup and put it in the sink. It's done wonders for me, and I feel like I need to tidy up less. I hope this helps someone. Okay, that's all of that. I uh, I really, really like this. I think this is fantastic. Um, I didn't used to be so tidy, of course, when I was younger, much younger, still lived at home. My room would just get filled, right, mostly with, like, clothes on the floor and stuff like that. And then every once in a while, I would do this heavy clean, and it would just, like, be one of those oddly satisfying, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this feels so good type of things. But then it would build back up again. And it didn't bother me. It was just more of a, you know, my girlfriend's coming over. You know, I should probably make this look a little better type of thing. Like, it didn't really bother me. It was just like getting hard to walk around it. <laughs> so it was just more of a convenience, I guess, um, to, to, to clean up. But then um, I got married. And the person I married is just shy of being a total clean freak. Okay. She's not. I wouldn't I wouldn't consider her that, but I would consider her very clean and very tidy and very neat in that regard. She likes to keep things together. And a lot of that has rubbed off on me. So, I don't know, I just find myself now when I go into like for example, my son's room to see what he's up to and he's, you know, gaming away or something on his computer, before I'll leave I'll notice if there's any cups or plates or dishes or garbage on his desk and I'll grab it all and I'll take it with me. And it's the same thing in my office. When I'm done recording or done with my computer for a moment or for the day, I'm going to leave for work. I'll look around for garbage or cups of water. Like I've got a cup of water here right now. And I usually finish it by the time I'm done recording and whatever. And I'll just, I'll grab it and take it with me. And it's the same thing when I'm in the family room watching a show and I get up, I'll look around and if people have left cups or whatever, 
I'll either ask them to grab those things or I'll grab those things. This has become uh, fairly routine for me. I know it's routine for my wife and it always has been. But I really like this. It's really simple. Then you're not like stuff's not piling up. And then you have a time where like every room in your house is just full of clutter. And it's like this is becoming an inconvenience. What are we going to, you know, now you have to spend all day cleaning it. If you just take care of it a few pieces at a time every time you leave the room, then you never have to, you know, you never have to spend days or hours doing it all, right? It's much more efficient this way. I think you'll you'll feel good walking into a room not seeing any garbage or clutter or stuff out of place. And the more you do it, the more you'll have that expectation of yourself and of of everybody around you, everybody else who lives in your house, right? Teach them to do this also. Show them how to do it and teach them. All right, let's go to the next one. All right, this one is by Dad of Fan. Dad of Fan. And they write, when faced with someone who insists on in believing conspiracy theories, ask them to explain their theory in full to you. While you can't change their mind, Having to put their thoughts to words might make them see how silly those thoughts really are. And they just uh, asked the question, how many times have you felt this when explaining your own feelings to someone? This is um, a bit of a reference to the Socratic method, which was a, a method of questioning and allowing people to explain themselves through, you know, through probing questions in order for them to discover sort of on their own just how incoherent or silly or nonsense or absurd or how clear or cogent, uh, you know, what they believe to be true is, right? You're just, you know, this, I don't do this enough personally myself. I really should, but I go, I go, I either get defensive or go on the attack way too much. I really am trying to work on it. I just, I just, I don't know what it is, but to sit back and just ask the question, you know, tell me about this theory you have, right? And then really dig and probe into everything they're talking about. And there will be points where, well, where they will hear themselves say things and it may not sound quite right. And it may, through your questioning, right, if, if you get good at it, uh, lead to them realizing that there's a lot of holes in what they're talking about. Now, unfortunately, the reason that so many people believe in conspiracy theories is because there are conspiracy facts. There are and have been and will be, no doubt, conspiracies by small number of people or even a large number of people that have happened before, right? There are proven conspiracies that have existed. So people will, uh, you know, take a red pill, as people like to say. And then they'll take another, and, and before they know it, they've taken the whole bottle, and that's that's when that's when uh, things get out of hand. And you know, and this is true even for yourself, right? Maybe you've heard some things, you're starting to consider some things, try to poke holes in it, try to tear it apart. Okay, there will be things that will tickle your confirmation bias that will make you feel like this has to be true because it it you know it is consistent with my pre-existing beliefs and opinions. So I'm going to to take less effort to really question it. So, you know, that can be a problem. And I think a lot, a lot for all of every one of us, a lot slips through our filters for that reason. And we end up 
you know, to a greater or lesser extent, believing in what really amounts to nonsense. I don't think any person on this planet that lives today or has ever lived is totally immune to that. So, you know, be friendly, question people when they have crazy ideas, just question them in a, in a, I want to understand you spirit and do it to yourself as well. Okay. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. This one is by Fresh Jays 59 and it's pretty good. Here it goes. You know that feeling when you're really excited for some product or thing you've been waiting to buy and when you finally get it, after the excitement dies down, you realize your life hasn't really changed. Hold on to that feeling and remember things don't define your happiness. I'm thinking uh, right now about the anticipation and the excitement of seeing a new blockbuster that's just been released. Usually, you know, lately, at least the last few years, it's some Marvel movie. And you see the movie, and then you know, right, you know what the movie is. You've seen it to completion. It's no longer a mystery. And you either liked it or you didn't. But then you're walking out of the theater, and you're the same person. Maybe it's a movie that's caused you to think about some things. Maybe it's really pricked your psyche or something. But you're still wearing the same clothes. You're walking to the same car. You're with the same people. You have the same relationships. You get in and you start driving to the same home. And it's back to the routine. It's back to life, right? You're glad you know how it turned out. And, you know, in these days, you can kind of stay with it a bit longer because you can get on the internet, you can get on YouTube and you can find videos of people who are showing you all the Easter eggs that they found in the movie or, or doing their analysis of it. And you can kind of see what other people thought about it. And, and it will further clarify some of your own thoughts about it. And that's kind of neat. But even after all of that, you know, weeks go by, months go by, where are you at? Right? You realize that that was kind of an exciting thing in that moment. But then the exciting thing stopped and you came back to reality. And I, th I think that is probably true for not just movies, but also products, right? You buy a new computer or you buy a new audio mixer, <laughs> or I just bought, like, I'm going to put this speaker above my, dis my larger display here so that I don't always have to use my earphones. I can use the speaker instead of my laptop speakers. So I'm anticipating receiving that in a couple of days. But I think the problem is expecting any of this kind of thing to be anything more than just, you know, a short shot of anticipation, which I think, uh, I think dopamine is the anticipation hormone, right? It's just a short shot of that, that, you know, maybe lasts a bit as the good or, or service or whatever it is you're looking forward to approaches. And then it's gone and it's seemingly gone in an instant. And eventually it's like it never happened. It just becomes a distant memory. And your mental health, I guess I could say, your actual state of inner peace and personal consistent happiness or well, mental wellness probably hasn't changed. So I, th I think that it's probably foolish to, ex you know, it's about expectations. If you're expecting these kind of things to change your life, make you feel better about who you are and, you know, create ambitions in you that weren't there before and things like that, then I think you'll be sorely disappointed. 
Rather, the wise, wiser uh, course of action is probably to set your expectations to that this is an exciting thing, but it will be over soon and it will be behind me and it'll, and then it'll feel like it never happened. It'll just become a distant memory, right? It's, it's kind of, it's kind of like when we, we used to travel a bit more, me and my family, and it was like, we've got this thing coming up. We're excited for it. And then we, you know, it's exciting. And that excitement, that dopamine is sustaining us as we're going on this long road trip and we get to the place and it's all new and novel. And we spend a, you know, a week or two there exploring new things. And then it's over and we come home and it's in the rear view mirror. And all we have are our memories and whatever photos and videos we happen to take. And we can revisit those later on. But it always comes to a point where it feels like it never happened. It feels almost like it was just a dream. And other than the actual evidence we have that we did that, the photos and the videos and our own testimonies, I guess, it becomes indistinguishable from a dream that we had. At least for me, some people have, I guess, really clear memories, right? And they can recall every second, every minute of that trip. I don't think most people are like that. I'm certainly not like that. If something um, reminds me, like if I see a photo, then I can remember the things that happened around when that photo was taken. But for me to sit here and say, I want to remember this date and what happened, I can't do it. There are a few uh, markers of things that happened in my life that I can recall quickly. Otherwise, I need reminders to help me find that stuff. I need an index. <laughs> so I, I think that this person's right. These things don't define our happiness. I think ha happiness is not a squirt of dopamine or serotonin or endorphins. That's not what happiness is. I think happiness is, like I already said, I think it's mental wellness. I think it's mental health. I think it's a matter of how broken we are, how much trauma we've suffered, and whether or not we've dealt with that. And not through drugs, and not through a bottle, and not through shots of adrenaline and uh, cortisol by taking risks and becoming an adrenaline junkie, because that's all just artificial. Even if this, the source of that is inside our own bodies, right, these, these hormones come from within inside us, it's all still artificial. And either we stimulate them by doing things, or we stimulate them by taking drugs, which hit the appropriate parts of our brains and, you know, get these same hormones going. That's how drugs work, like meth and cocaine and all the stuff. Or we figure out a way to heal. We figure out a way to, to, to get well, to get better. And it's probably hard work. It's possibly uh, costly, but maybe in the end it's worth it. Okay, that life, pro, that life pro tip went a bit deeper than I anticipated. Anticipation. Okay, let's do one more. All right, this one is by Jack Tor one one five, and this this is this is related to the one we just talked about about conspiracy theories. Okay, this one is related to that. So let's let's do a sort of a part two of where that was going. He writes, if you want to know if someone who disagrees with you has actually thought thoroughly about the issue, ask them to tell you the strong, strongest argument for the other side. If the person doesn't give the best argument, then you can be sure that they have not thought through the issue from all sides. Okay, he's he wrote, writes a bit more, but I think that's probably enough to go on. Um, this is called steel manning. So you're probably familiar with straw manning. I don't think I've covered it here in the logical fallacy episodes, but I will. Uh, straw manning is when, I'll just mention it here shortly, briefly, is when you when you build up the other side's argument or position 
in not in an accurate or complete way. You do it in such a way that it's easier to tear down, right? You're building a straw man. It's not the actual argument. It's sort of adjacent to the argument. It's probably incomplete and it probably is uh, more fragile, right? Because it's made out of straw. That's why it's called a straw man. And then you torch the straw man, right? So what you're doing is instead of instead of really presenting their argument as best it's as best as possible to present it, you're building a facsimile of it that's missing things. It's got holes in it, and then you're torching it, right? Steel manning is when you're taking the other side's argument or their position, and you're building it ideally better than they do, right? You're saying here's their argument. And you build it in such a way that they not only agree with you, but they're like, wow, that's even better than what I said. And then <laughs> and then you're tearing it apart. And there are people that I've read that have done this really well. And there are other people that what they build is more a straw man and less a steel man. So if, if you're in discussion with somebody and you're sort of, you know, asking them questions about it and they're explaining it, one thing you can do, and it's probably a good idea if you want to keep the discussion going and see see how much they really know, is ask them to explain what it is they disagree with. Ask them to explain, you know, the, the opposing belief or the opposing argument that they're responding to. And then you can judge because maybe you're, you're pretty familiar with it and they don't know that yet, or they do. But then you can judge based on your own knowledge of it if they're constructing a straw man or if they're constructing a steel man. And from your perspective, if they're building a, a, a straw man and maybe a rather weak one, then, you know, you can, you, can move the, you can move the discussion in that direction and say, look, I think you're building a bit of a straw man. Let's try to turn this into a steel man and then see what you think about it. And then you can help them rebuild it if they're interested. They may not be. But while listening to them, if they're straw manning the other side, then that tells you quite a bit about, you know, how much they understand what it is they're opposing or attacking, depending on, you know, how excited they are about it. And then it probably follows that um, if they haven't created a steel man for the other side, they probably haven't created a steel man for their own. Their own position is probably equally fragile. And maybe you see the fragility in it and you can help them strengthen their argument. You can help them steel man what it is they believe. If it's possible. And while you're doing that, maybe they'll see that it's not. Maybe they'll see that there are too many holes to get steel out of what is ultimately straw. And then there can be some progress. I like that. Okay, that's going to do it. Let's review. Uh, we looked at keeping a tidy home by taking stuff with you every time you leave a room, right? Garbage or, you know, maybe put something where it belongs and then leave. Just, you know, one or two things. And maybe after you do one or two things, you see a couple more things and you do those. Maybe they just didn't catch your attention at first. We talked about probing into uh, people's conspiracy theories, um, asking them to explain it in full. And they may see the holes in it themselves, or you can help them see the holes. Or maybe there aren't any holes. Maybe they're really onto something. You never know. We talked about the excitement that dies down after you finally achieve or get or accomplish whatever you've been anticipating and then realizing that it didn't bring you happiness. Happiness is something a bit more core and will probably require, probably won't require, well, probably will take more than shortcuts to get there. And then we talked about um, 
asking the people were maybe in discussion with to try to steel man their opponent's arguments. Maybe it's yours, maybe it's somebody else's, right? Give me your best version of their argument. Let's see if you can build a, a steel man or if you're still building straw men. I like that. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. Will you do me a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends. 